0: Hello everyone, Um, this is the introductory episode to Words of Wellness in this podcast. We discuss the ways people think, speak, and write about wellness. I'm here with Elise Birmingham, a student from our course, English 89, which is a first year seminar at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And I'm Daniel Anderson. So uh, we're putting a podcast series together about this course. And I thought I would ask Elise to represent uh, some of the perspectives of the class and help our listeners understand what this podcast series is about. So I I thought I'd start with the title. I've been pitching it as the ways people think, speak, and write about wellness. What aspects of that jump out at you when you think about our class and the way we've been podcasting?
1: Yeah. um, Hello, everyone. Thank you, Dr. Anderson, for having me. Uh, I think what really jumps out to me about that is thinking, speaking, and writing, that's all we do, right, as as humans. It's our entire life. So it's really how people live wellness and how they broadcast that to others. And I think it's a very succinct way to really summarize what we talk about in our podcasts, even though the topics are so broad.
0: Yeah. And when we understand wellness, a lot of times there's strategies, um, tactics people are using. Does this rhetorical lens of communication improve the ability to implement those strategies or is it take it more into an esoteric research category? How does it fit together thinking about communication along with the practice of wellness?
1: Yeah, I think the practice of wellness is something that needs to be very relatable for people to put it well into practice in their lives. So I think by having students run the podcasts, Um, Obviously, we have a pretty limited, rhetorical, complicated, you know, knowledge of this subject since we're just introduced to it. But we can bring our own experiences and bring our own stories, which really make it relatable to the listener. Um, And I think that's very important to think about.
0: I like that. One of the things that I've noticed when we've been doing these podcasts for this series is everyone is contributing their stories, talking about COVID experiences or athletic experiences they've had. So I think these personal stories really are important. And I don't know if that's a part of the rhetoric of wellness storytelling.
1: Yeah, and I think um, an important part of wellness is people don't uh, really take to the lessons of wellness because they feel like they're too broad, right? People just say be present in the moment or be happy, right? But that's hard to tell someone who is struggling or is in a, a negative mental state. So I think by hearing all those stories, that that helps it become more real and more uh, tangible for someone.
0: That makes sense, and I'm hoping at some point that storytelling can become a strategy in some way. So it's not just stories about how people implemented strategies, but eventually maybe some aspects of how we tell stories or how we understand our connection to the world through language can actually be beneficial as we think about wellness i know self-talk for instance was a category that we looked at in early in our class
1: yeah self-talk is is definitely an interesting one because again it's that that kind of mindset where you think it's easy for someone to do if you're already there, like you're already in a kind of positive mindset. Self-talk, I can imagine, would seem almost frivolous to someone who um, is not in a thriving or positive mindset. So, yeah, I think the repetition of all the themes throughout the podcasts do a good job of reaching a large audience, no matter who it is.
0: Yeah, I had this insight the other day about self-talk and related to our podcast series, one of the topics that's come up has been this balancing of positivity and negativity. Mm-hmm. And we started out thinking about uh, positivity, gratitude, a lot of these things that are beneficial, really important, but quickly realized that there can be this sense of toxic positivity and mm-hmm. things are um, need to be balanced and life is never gonna be all rainbows and butterflies. So we have to think about the two-sidedness of the way that life works, and that became a tenet that I thought people should pay attention to. But then I had this insight where I thought maybe when it comes to self-talk, it's more important to push that balance a little bit away from the negativity.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, one thing in this class that a lot of the students found was speaking in absolutes doesn't really help anyone. Uh, I think that's where a lot of friction came from people against just the rhetoric of wellness and how it's discussed online to begin with you know a lot of people think it's kind of kitschy or it's you know it's it's not scientific enough and things like that Um, but i read something the other day that said why do we tell people you know quitting isn't an option when we're trying to motivate people we say quitting's not an option because it is like realistically it is an option so that's that's a kind of self-talk we should avoid even though it's positive in a sense but we can kind of edit that to say Quitting is an option, but if you push through this, then you'll learn how to not quit the next time, Yeah, something like that.
0: I like that. That one particular lesson is really valuable, but then zooming up to the idea that absolutes are also problematic. Don't get locked into, I have to do X or Y. Think about the situation in its context. And also when you're studying something like wellness or communication, absolutes don't work either. There's always gray areas, and that's where the interesting stuff is. So a little bit more forecasting for our listeners. In the class, we did a couple kinds of reading. Two kinds were different than what we typically think of as reading. One, we looked at a bunch of tweets and we coded them. We tried to come up with interpretive schema for how you can understand an online conversation. And then we also used computation. We did a lot of linguistic analysis of books and let the computer discover patterns and recognize those. Then we also had books and had readings and we read in our traditional mode of I'm looking at this book and turning pages. Could you talk a little bit about the differences in what you discovered from those modes of reading or, or what, what can listeners expect when they encounter these conversations in our podcast?
1: Yeah, I think obviously everyone is most familiar with the, the book style of reading. You have a certain theme and very specific subtopics. But I think what's interesting about the Twitter analysis specifically was how how broad the content was. You don't realize that having so many individual contributors really just blows your scope out of proportion crazy compared to a book. And it, kind of similar with the podcast. I mean, people said things in our sessions that I, I never would have thought of, um, just from their own experiences. So I think it's really important to understand the value of everyone bringing their own perspective and everyone becoming an author in that online space.
0: I like that. We use a conversational metaphor a lot in teaching research skills. So when you're showing someone how to become a researcher, often you'll say you're going to enter into a conversation. But what you're saying is we actually studied conversation a little bit more or practiced conversation a little bit more than just using it as a metaphor.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then with the computational analysis, I'm not sure how that came up. I don't think it came up in our specific episode, but I'm sure throughout the podcast it did. Um, that was interesting because you you write and then you think, I think in a lot of a lot of times people do that. But doing that retroactively and seeing how what you created can be interpreted by others is very interesting.
0: I like that. So you're talking about the podcasting a little bit. Can you say a little bit more about that podcasting experience? What did it do for you? How did it um, overlap with the content of our course, the study of wellness and the study of communication about wellness? How did that podcast experience feed into that?
1: Yeah, I think um, as a student, it really helped me grow because I found that I've been in school for 13 years now in the public education system and we learn so much about how to read and how to write but we don't really learn how to listen or even speak to a, to a certain extent and so doing the podcast was a really novel experience and even now we have no notes in front of us right we're just you know going off what we think and that's that's such an important skill to have just in life in general and it was very interesting to me because I was afraid going into the podcast that we wouldn't be able to build off a conversation or wouldn't know what to say, um, things like that. And it it really flowed so naturally. And that was a a shocker for me, honestly, because I had never done it before. But uh, yeah, the podcast was a great educational experience. And I also am proud of what we created. So I think that it'll be a good thing for people to listen to.
0: Yeah, I agree. I feel like at the beginning, you're thinking, I won't have enough to say. And Mm -hmm. then by the end, you have to stop talking because there's so many ideas flowing. I really like that part about it. And you mentioned that as a student, this was beneficial. So who is this podcast series going to be helpful for? I know there's a lot of first-year students involved in the production of it. So is that the main audience? Or could you talk a little bit about who would be good listeners here?
1: Yeah, of course. I think, you know, college students, of course, are going to relate to this more. But one uh, group I thought might really relate to, you mentioned it once, that you're a biking or running buddies or something, you had mentioned it too. You know, people that are very removed from this environment that, you know, they're not the same age, they're not not in the same, you know, college atmosphere, things like that, just to get a different perspective. And maybe they don't have interaction with people of our age or socioeconomic status or anything like that. So I think that's the beauty of podcasts overall. And that's the beauty of our podcast because it is all college students. It's a very specific demographic and someone from a wildly different one listening to that uh, will get a very, very raw, you know, natural um, look into the college student life and how they deal with wellness and thrive.
0: I agree, I think I've learned a lot from listening to you mm-hmm. talk to me about your experiences and also the research that you've done. I also feel like the insights you have are really solid, even like you're saying, this outside perspective from somebody who is maybe a generation or two removed mm-hmm adds a lot of value i learned a lot listening to people talking about their COVID experiences and just the insights that everyone delivered about wellness i think will be applicable to a a pretty broad audience it's generalizable i think because the insights are uh, really valuable
1: yeah and uh another thing being students i think what's what i liked about this podcast is we we didn't hammer down on things that we had been told so many times. Like you mentioned the COVID pandemic. We're all kind of tired of it. You know, we, we didn't, in our episode, we didn't bring it up a whole ton. We, you know, we focused on other things, you know, it just flowed very naturally as to what we wanted to talk about. And that made people passionate about it, I think.
0: Is there anything else listeners should know or expect from this series of podcasts?
1: I would just say, keep an open mind. I think as much as podcasts is about us speaking, it's also about the listener listening, right? So applying these themes and lessons to your own lives and just seeing how you relate personally to the content is really how you're going to get the most out of it.
0: Yeah. Well, I would like to thank Elise for uh, forecasting what uh, Words of Wellness is about and also for being such a strong participant in all of the podcasts. So if you are listening to this, then you have many uh, episodes of this podcast queued up and I hope you will enjoy them. Thank you everyone. Talk to you soon. Thank you.